Hi, welcome to Project Healing, a podcast whose mission is to shed light on true self-care, healing our inner demons, and connecting the world in deeper and more meaningful ways. We all have a story to share, and we're very excited to be a part of helping everyone to share their own along the path of their healing journey. I'm your host, Katherine Galvin, psychic medium and intuitive healer, and with me, I have my co-host. I'm Jenna Korzynski, empathic intuitive healer and medium. I believe that we have to feel our pain in order to heal it, and that community is a huge part of that process. Thank you for being on this journey with us. Welcome back to Project Healing. Today we have with us uh, Jessica Bravo, and she is a licensed acupuncturist, Reiki master, and intuitive healer, and she is going to tell us all about what that means. I've never had acupuncture, so I don't even know what it really looks like, just like the pictures you see in like the movies of people with needles like sticking all over, and they're that's it. That's all I know in a nutshell. <laughs> Yeah, well, th- thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Um, yeah, acupuncture, it's not what you see in the movies. I'd have to say that for sure. I remember my first um, my first memory of like seeing acupuncture on a movie. I forget the name of it. It was like Harriet the Spy or something. And like the person was like covered like every square inch with needles. And <laughs> that was my own. Horrifying. So I like was an adult and actually like looked into going to school for it so um (laughs) not at all anything like that um it's it's so soothing and calming and it's uh, meant really the purpose of acupuncture and Chinese medicine as a whole is to help your body reach its optimal healing potential right we're all born with an innate ability to heal so very like amazing art form in and of itself to bring that to to the patient bring that back to the body how does it essentially work what what happens within the body when you're like is it the pressure points like explain Mm -hmm. lay some science on us if you want or (laughs) to whatever degree you feel like explaining it explain away yes get nerdy with us so what what's really cool is our cells right all communicate with electrical signals right this is Mm -hmm. This is the more kind of Western way of describing it um, because we can certainly get into, um, you know, talking about just chi and energy and movement of energy, but it comes down to like we're electric. Our bodies are electric regardless of which which way we look at it from. And so um, when we use needles or not even needles, sometimes magnets, if we're doing non-insertive uh, techniques or other um non-insertive tools that are stainless steel or gold, something like that. Like we're interacting with that electromagnetic field of the body and the cells. And so it's almost like, like the wiring in your home. If something isn't, um, if a wire has been cut or, um, isn't the insulation around the wire is no longer intact, that signal may not be traveling to a particular area in your home anymore. And so you may have a couple outlets that don't work or certain lights that don't turn on. And so same with the body, when we have certain blockages that happen within the system of, you know, whether we're, we're looking just at the meridian channel pathways or, or even structurally from an anatomical perspective, um, the signals aren't you know, going to those areas of the body where healing needs to happen in the most productive way, right? And so when we use something like acupuncture or even acupressure, we are removing those blockages and then also making, bringing those connections back into place, into a proper working order. So it's like bringing the turning the power back on in the body or a certain area of your body in order for that communication to happen more fluidly. So that's really, that's really intense. I I also know nothing about (laughs) acupuncture. So I'm like, whoa, but I want to backtrack for a minute though. I'm curious to know how you got here. Like, how did you get into acupuncture? Like, was it an experience that you had? Was it family that was into it? How did, how did you end up practicing? Uh, 
It's actually an interesting story. So I I actually had never had acupuncture before going to acupuncture school, oddly enough. Um, <laughs> but I'll tell you how I got there. Um, I grew up, I'm Hispanic, and I grew up with herbs in my home. Uh, my grandparents would, like, if I got sick or something was up, uh, they would just go in the yard and pick some leaves and either make a tea or make some sort of like rub or something. And I would always get better. And I could count throughout my childhood less than a handful of times that I ever had to take like a prescription like antibiotic or something. So it was very infrequent for me because they usually were able to take care of whatever I needed, I had going on um, in that way. So I grew up with this strong sense of like um, herbal medicine or plant medicine being very important or very powerful, right? And so, um, but I ended up, my undergrad is in sports medicine. I was uh, hell-bent on getting into orthopedics, and that was the direction that I wanted to get into. I was uh, very interested in that kind of realm of medicine. Um, I love anatomy. I love how the body functions and moves. It's always fascinated me. And um, anyways, in my final year of my undergrad, I had the amazing like opportunity and pleasure of shadowing the ortho who was associated with our program, who was affiliated with it. And um, I got to shadow him once a week, either in the OR or in his practice. And so I got to see really amazing uh, surgeries and procedures taking place um, like right there next to him. And I can't say a lot of people at that, you know, within that kind of time frame of your life, you get to experience it unless you're going to medical school. Right. Um, and so I felt really lucky. But at the same time, I realized that there had to be another way. Like I, all of a sudden this light bulb went off, like, okay, I knew this was invasive. Like surgery is obviously invasive, but what they do to you on the table is just like, it, it'll blow your mind. And I, all of a sudden a light bulb went off. Like I need to find another way. Like there has to be another route to help people in the way I want to help them. And so I took a year off in between undergrad and graduate school to try and figure out where I was headed. So I was like, oh, is it nursing? Is it, you know, PT, PA? Like, where am I going? And then I happened to mention to somebody, and I'm pretty sure it was a complete stranger, that I wanted to also learn herbs to some capacity, like bring that back um, into the picture. And they were like, oh, have you ever looked at acupuncture school? <laughs> or like considered acupuncture as a profession? I was like... No, I didn't like it never connected the dots in my mind. I acupuncture wasn't on the radar at all. I, I didn't I wasn't exposed to it growing up, so I didn't really know anything about it and immediately like looked into it and I like fell in love, found the program and I applied and everything was like smooth sailing, mind you, the whole time like trying to figure out the Western fields that I was going to get into like it was like either doors were like not even opening or they were just slamming it shut in my face like pretty quickly and this was just like as soon as I went down that rabbit hole it was like every door flew open and it was just smooth sailing not to say school was easy but um like it was just you could see like okay this was meant to be this was meant to be the whole way through and um even the professor that did my interview to get me into that you know allowed me to uh, apply to the program. <laughs> he had the same background of being in athletic training and sports medicine as I did, which was like completely blew my mind. I was like, oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> can't, get, can't get a yeah. better message than that from the universe. Like you're in the right place. <laughs> so it's been smooth sailing ever since from that perspective. Like I've since school I've had my own private practice now for five years and I just absolutely love every moment of it I wish I was in the office um I've had to unfortunately temporarily close during all of this but um but I am still working with some patients virtually and it's given me the opportunity to also work on a really amazing new product and um that I can help people and from a different in a different way um than just in, on the table. So really excited about all of that. 
Do you want to tell us more about that or is it a secret? (laughs) I'm interested. I'm like, what does that mean? How do you do it virtually? (laughs) Jenna and I are like, take our money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So I, I, I do see patients virtually and what that looks like is where I'm doing guided acupressure or we're doing distant Reiki healing. So, um, whatever people prefer. Um, Some have done a combination of both. Um, And so, but the acupressure side is is definitely newer um, because I had to adapt to these times and still be able to offer services to my patients. Um, I I would like to say that more uh, more of the, or most of them were taking advantage, but, um, just given the nature of everything, I think, um, you know, it's just the way it goes, but it's, it's been really wonderful to see that people still have the same benefits because it really is, uh, an, an art form of healing that can be used by anyone. Um, obviously with, with some proper guidance, um, you can really take advantage of, of doing something as simple as just applying pressure to certain points on your body and generate healing. And so that's part of what inspired uh, this new product. Um, the idea that came to me was to create uh, a resource for people that they can use in a very easy and accessible way within their homes um, and kind of be introduced to this whole world of Chinese medicine and, and acupuncture and, and the self-healing modalities that, that are found within uh, the, the classical Chinese medicine or the eight branches of, of Chinese medicine. And so it's, um, it's really beautiful uh, how it's kind of evolved from my initial idea um, of just creating like an acupressure deck and it's become something that encompasses all eight branches and allows you to create like a a practice or a daily practice for yourself to bring self-healing and and a self-reliant healing system into your life that allows you to flourish and create lasting change so uh this first deck that is pretty much 98 percent complete now i'm just waiting on some final like packaging edits and things like that of what it'll all um, look like when it goes to the printer. Um, But it's this first deck is geared towards anxiety and stress and there's going to be more decks to come. So um, that's really exciting. So once in the next week or so, I'm going to be sending out a survey, which is what I did for this first one to get a gauge on what people would want and stress and anxiety. Like, of course, like makes sense. Right, was like way ahead of yeah, was like way ahead of all the other um, things that people either wrote down or checked off. Um, and then, uh, but I'll be putting out another survey to see like, okay, who, what's the second runner up? What do people really need right now? Um, and so it can be anything. Some of the things that came up in the, the other survey were like GI concerns, headaches, pain management, things like that. Um, so I'll eventually cover all the bases and. Um, as decks continue to roll out, which is really, really cool. And I'm super excited about it. (laughs) It's been my baby for like three months now. I've been working on it. So (laughs) that's so exciting. I feel like a lot of people in the healing industry have had these little, not little, I shouldn't say it like that, but have these, these projects that have become something that we've been hyper-focused on over like during the, like the pandemic and everything, we're all like, how do we heal? How do we push forward with this? What are we introducing? Um, How do you, when you have people doing acupressure virtually, what do they use as their, like, is it, are they just applying pressure themselves or are they using things like magnets and that sort of thing like you brought up earlier? So I have two options typically. So for those that are existing patients, um, they did, they do have the option of, ordering kind of like a home kit that I put together and that includes some magnets and press balls and um and some other tools um like bodywork tools and so if they do that then I would guide them through applying those 
things and also doing acupressure with actual applied pressure with either a tool or their hand, their fingers. Um, and so, uh, but those that are just doing acupressure without that home kit, then we're going through and we're pressing specific points um, for a certain amount of time. And I usually, I'll do it with them um, and we'll go through each point necessary for their particular concerns. So. How often does someone see see you? Like, is this like, uh, hello, the blah blahs are back, Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> hello, blah blahs. <laughs> I wish I could say long time no see, but they're always there. Um, what do they see you? How frequently do people see you? How consistently, or does it depend on their concern? It depends on the concern, um, and certainly if someone was new. If I was seeing them in the office, we would be starting with sessions once a week mm-hmm. uh, and then progress. So what's really beautiful about acupuncture is that it has a cumulative effect on the body, right? And so as you come in, the effects start to last longer and longer um, each time. And so it just builds on itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what's really interesting, though, with acupressure, it's something... Um, Because if we were living in mainland China, like a lot of places or practitioners, they would have you come in almost daily um, for a course um, to basically take care of the concern. Because it's really meant to be a preventative care service, right? Unfortunately, in in our culture and in our society, we see it kind of, it's like, oh, I've tried everything else. Why not give this a try? So it's almost like a last resort. So we're working with having to, it's going to take longer to see some results uh, in those cases. But especially if you're coming in with something that's acute or early on, then you can, we'll see results sooner. But so if you were coming in more frequently, and we'd see results sooner and faster, and then we could spread them out. So the idea is typically, since schedules usually only allow once a week, um, I would see someone anywhere from three to six weeks once a week. And then as soon as we start to see effects, maybe not necessarily the main concern itself, maybe some of the other secondary concerns um, are improving and those effects are lasting a whole week. Then we go to every other week Mm. and then we close the gap there. And then we go to every three weeks or a month and then it becomes maintenance or as needed. Um, Or some people, I have patients that are seasonal and they would just come in like they know they have really bad spring allergies. So starting in like February, they'll start coming in and I'll see them every week for maybe six weeks. And then they're like all set for, for the season and they're, they're good to go. Um, And so, but now with acupressure, I'm giving them the tools and they're, they're able to do it on a daily basis to themselves. So it becomes, um, it, you can almost see the results a little bit faster in a way because it's more consistent treatment rather than, okay, we'll wait a week until you do this again. And, um, so people are having some pretty cool results with, with doing it on a daily basis. Um, and so we're, we're having to make tweaks. Um, I call them tweaks, but making changes to the points uh, that are selected based on how the symptoms progress or change. Because sometimes once, once one thing kind of clears away, something else might come to the surface, right? Mm-hmm. So then we have to adjust and make changes for that. Um, so you know, people are usually those that are scheduling regularly that we're doing like every couple of weeks to check in, make sure we're, we're on the, on the right track still. And, and things are looking good. If they're, if they're feeling really well, nothing else is coming up, then they'll just check in with me. Maybe it's been like once a month, some of them, um, that they've set something up. So, yeah. What is, I always like, I'm like, is Jenna about to say something? What is the... <laughs> We do that a lot. We're like, what? <laughs> what? What do people come to you like most frequently for? Is it stress and anxiety? Um, I would say from an emotional perspective, yes. But usually what gets people in the door is pain. The- um, that's like the top 
something. Uh, so whether it be back pain, neck pain, knee pain, something of that nature, headaches. Um, and then they find out like, oh, you can help with all these other things yeah. too. And so it becomes, because it is the full picture, like we're, mm-hmm. you might, you might be coming for the back pain, but we look at, I look at your sleep patterns. I look at your diet. I look at your bowel movements. I look at all of that. And it's going to give me the picture of who you are and your patterns and what that might mean to what the root cause is or how, what your patterns are and how to best treat your presentation of back pain. Uh, right. But then yes, on the flip side, I do get people who just have so much stress and anxiety that they, and they don't necessarily they're trying to not rely heavily on prescription medications, things like that. And so they're looking for these alternate routes and, and they come for acupuncture. So yeah, that's definitely um, top. But most people, once they come in, even if it's for pain, they typically, a lot of them, I'd say like 80% of patients have some level of stress or anxiety that they also want to sure. address. Yeah. You know, yeah. isn't it interesting? I just started um, reading more about Ayurvedic medicine and treatments and, and that sort of thing in every form of ancient medicine. And I wish that we could embrace this more in, in this part of the world. Every single ancient, every single, like I know all of these ancient medicinal forms. <laughs> every single about. one. These two that I've heard about now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. There's always a connection, always in these two occasions, a connection back to, um, back to back to everything. Everything is interconnected, and they don't they don't look at that here. Like you go to a doctor for inflammation. Like I have horrible tendonitis in my wrist that was discovered while I was waiting tables, but I also have noticed that goes down when my anxiety is going down and my anxiety is going down when my digestive system is more in point and my digestive system is more in point because my anxiety is going down and then vice versa. And all of that is so freaking connected and your, your dreams and your sleep. And, and like you were talking about, I mean, right down to your freaking bowel movements and people don't realize that in this country and in this part of the world, it's all treat the symptom, treat the symptom, treat the symptom. And if people would like just the idea that acupuncture and acupressure are preventative, that kind of that's a little jarring, isn't it? You you see these people doing these things in other countries that have nothing to do with the medication. It's just, hey, here's your body so capable of healing. Let's apply a little pressure to these meridians. Let's let's form this into a daily habit and I'll look at we're healthier. Our immune systems are running better. Our digestive systems, our anxiety, all of it so much better. I wish we could just get our heads around that here so badly. Yeah. And Jenna, you too, you grew up with grandparents and in a family structure that had everything was herbs and tinctures and, and, and that kind of natural thing. Whereas my family was grab an aspirin, have a Tylenol. Here's your ibuprofen. Man, yeah. we white people, we just don't know what's going on, do we? <laughs> What though? I mean, I obviously I've known about acupuncture, but I never thought of it for anything outside of pain healing. Like allergies? I thought it was, yeah, I did. Actually, that's not true. I knew somebody that got acupuncture for motion sickness while they were flying, but still that's like a physical thing. I never thought of it for um, emotional well-being. So now I'm like, so thank you for that, Jessica, because now I know something new. (laughs) 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 that's crazy what do you think the most interesting transformation you've seen is that's a really good question who i've seen i've seen some pretty good um transformations as far as like all around like pain going down feeling back into their body like somebody who was completely disconnected like I, my health history is pretty, pretty in depth, pretty intense, right? We're looking at all of these different areas and aspects of your life. Um, and I just remember there's been a few people like this, but, but basically like asking questions, like you said, like, all right, there's pain here. And then asking like, okay, do you ever notice if this pain flares up in situations where you're more stressed or when you don't eat well or things like that. And then the response being like, Oh, I have no idea. Like, I don't, I don't know. 
And it's like, okay, well, I want you to, in the next week, like try and see if there are any connections, right? And so I've seen a few instances where people completely transform in that sense where like all of a sudden, like their eyes or or like their just being is now open to feeling their body and like feeling what their body is telling them. You'll notice like, oh, I have when I have this bloating, it's because I had this type of food. And, you know, when I have um, this pain in my body, it's because I was doing these particular things in my home, or I was, I just had an argument on the phone with somebody. And like all of these little things that they weren't paying attention to before, they had no clue was even like in the same realm of possibility of being connected like now they're making connections and so everything just starts to fall into place then they start making healthier choices in their life like it's not just about me doing the work right to help them feel better but they start consciously making an effort to change what they're eating move their body more um do mindfulness or or self-cultivation things like that and they just like that now they're like glowing and beaming and like they really understand themselves and they have a better connection. And then they're, what's really cool. And what I love, I've loved about my practices. I have a lot of families, like multi-generations that I'm seeing, which is really beautiful. Um, So like the wife has a really great experience and then the husband comes and like, now they're both feeling really great. And then like the kids start coming and the kids are doing great. And then the grandparents start coming and then, and so now the family unit is healthy together and people really thrive um, when that's the case. And it's really beautiful to see. And and just making those, um, I have some really amazing patients that I've had almost the whole time that I've been in practice now. Like, and I'm so like honored to be that person for them that helps them just stay healthy um, throughout the year. And um, it's just beautiful to just see the evolution of wellness kind of taking place and that self-care um, taking place because truly, and I say this to to almost all my patients and, and definitely people that want to learn more about acupuncture in general, but um, whatever you can do for yourself is so much more powerful than what I can do for you or what any practitioner can do for you. And so that's, and that's the basis of like the eight branches of classical mm-hmm. Chinese medicine, like the top five of the eight are all things that you have control over and it's up to you to implement them. Whereas the bottom two and three, because um, that third from the bottom is is body work, so it could be done either on yourself or by somebody else. But the but those last three, those are provided by a provider, and and so we um, so it's the hierarchy is everything that you do for you is so much more powerful. And so the first, just to go over, because I know I'm people are probably like, what are the eight branches? <laughs> yes, thank you. I was going to ask you that. Question coming. <laughs> like, so I she, they are. Charity mentioned she was intuitive, right? We covered yeah. that. <laughs> um, so the, the first and uh, uh, the first of the eight branches is meditation. Meditation or self-cultivation. That's the top one. That's the first. Um, the second is movement or exercise. Then we have nutrition, followed by cosmology, um, which encompasses even just like where you fall in your family, like birth order and all of that falls yes. into cosmology. Um, then we have feng shui or your environment. Um, then body work herbology, and then acupuncture or acupressure. So those, again, those first five are, can all be self or are all self-driven. Like I can't meditate for you. You have to do that meditation or self-cultivation for yourself, right? You have to decide what food you put into your body. You have to decide how you move your body. Um, Cosmology isn't so much something, you know, that we can control, but we can learn to understand it to take advantage of how our bodies best work within the world that we live in, right? Um, and then our feng shui, 
the environment that we create that we live in as well as how the environment around us like society or just like where we live geographically can affect us and then making decisions uh, for our health based on that um and then that's where the after that we have the body work which can be either self-provided or by a provider um herbology which is always best done through a an herbalist right and then acupuncture and acupressure uh, again, by a provider or being guided by a provider to learn how to apply the acupressure yourself. So, yeah, it's how, how is it, Jenna? I feel like you were about to ask something. No. I'm oh, okay. So, you also are a Reiki master. Yes, and you're an intuitive healer. So, yeah. how? Do you do Reiki while you're doing acupuncture? Because I also, and Jenna, you know too, because you're also a Reiki practitioner as as well as I am myself too. You're always kind of doing Reiki, right? Like it doesn't yeah. really ever stop. Yeah. You're always Reikiing yeah. something. Is that a verb? I don't even know. But you, is that something you do with? <laughs> is it something you do with all of your clients? Do you feel like in the intuitive healing? T- let's talk about that a little bit. Ra- yeah. How do you wrap it all into one? Absolutely. Big so package. So the Reiki, like you said, absolutely. I do this while I do acupuncture. Um, it's in. It's all part of what I do. Um, but there are instances where people just want to come just for Reiki. And so in that case, then it's just a Reiki session. Um, and, and then I'm also providing right now distant Reiki healing as well for, for those that want that service. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's infused in everything I do with my patients. So it's, it's a really beautiful blend. I mean, it just makes sense. And, um, the intuitive part is, um, is really more the fun part for me because it's such, everyone is a puzzle that you're all unique. Right. And so, um, there are, there are so many ways to treat within this acupuncture and Chinese medicine, healing art, any given condition. Like you can have two people that come in with the same main complaint, but your, your, your stories are different. Mm -hmm. Right. And so there are different ways that we can, different routes that we can go to uh, address your concerns. Um, and there may be some overlap, but, but they can overall be different. And, um, but for me, what's, what comes through is interesting because I find myself being, um, I like to call it divinely guided while I work where all of a sudden and not that I'm like not consciously there, but like I will be working on somebody and I, I typically with, I'd say like 95% of my patients were usually talking to each other while I work, you know, we catch up on different things and depending on the relationship, we, we may talk families and things like that too. But, um, it's interesting because I will find myself, I'm, I'm just going through, I'm putting the needles in and all of a sudden I like, I like step back and I see what I've done and I'm like, why did I put those needles there? Like I had an intention of, or like a thought like, okay, this is what they need today. And so I start doing the work, but then my body like goes somewhere else or my hands go somewhere else and I needle somewhere completely different. And I step back and I'm like, what? Like, why did I did not have that on my like plan? And then I look and I think about it and it may not be the primary action of that point, but then I realize like, no, that point actually does treat this. And like, and then my brain is like, wow, (laughs) I would have never like on my own, like, just because it's not a commonly used point, perhaps, um, gone there. But I find myself often having those moments where I'm like, okay, like some, my intuition or like my guides or even the patient's guides, you know, are telling where to go. Um, And so I've, it's certainly something um, that I've, the more conscious I've I've become of my intuition and my gifts, I have gotten, and stronger and stronger at following that rather than it just being a random instance of it happening. And so I tend to really tap into that when I'm working with people and even with the virtual sessions, like I really just kind of sit with it and I, I think about, 
I, or not even think about, but I just let my, let it guide me. And, and I allow my either hands to, to like guide the way of like where I need to go on the body or just see what comes up visually in my mind's eye of what areas need to be worked on. And it's, it's really fun for me in that sense because it allows me to be a little bit more playful than I probably would have if I go like by textbook kind of, um, uh, expected or commonly used routes. Right. So it's been neat to explore that side of it. Now, with doing, was distance Reiki something you offered before, or is it not? It, it is now because of COVID. It is now because of COVID, and I I was doing it occasionally. Um, if schedules really just didn't like pan out for a certain individual, um, definitely for family stuff like that. Um, but it wasn't a service that I was mm-hmm. doing necessarily out of my practice. Like I was if you came for Reiki, like you came physically typically. Um, yeah. But this has allowed me to really um, work with more people. So I've actually like had clients from other parts of the country now um, that have found me online. And so it's really beautiful to kind of expand my reach really um, from this perspective, uh, which is something I probably wouldn't have done right outside of, you know, the pandemic. <laughs> right. That's it's so funny too. I was just asking Jenna the other day. I don't remember what other day anymore, but the other day I was like, <laughs> I said, "Who do you go to for Reiki for distance Reiki?" Because I need a person. Yeah, I, I feel like <laughs> I know I know people who do it, but I like to try you know try other stuff on too. Right, everyone's touch with Reiki is a little bit different. Oh, yeah. So. I was thinking about that. I was like, who do, cause you know, we'll go to each other every now and then and be like, Hey, can you send me Reiki? But it's, I feel like an experience is just different when you full on just pay for it and have it set aside. Right. Because when you're friends, you can just be like, eh, well, I'll do it later. We'll catch you next time or whatever. But it's, that's, that's awesome because I literally just said the other day, I need to find another Reiki person, <laughs> but hello. <laughs> um, so oh, what was I going to say? Do you feel like. So I prefer doing Reiki distance as a practitioner and mm. I prefer receiving at distance, I think because I just don't like people in my space. But I agree. What, I'm the same way. Are, yeah, you too. And I don't put my, I'm not a hands-on, but you already do acupuncture and acupressure and all of that. So you're already touching people. So mm-hmm. are you, you're probably more hands-on then, right? When I, are you asking like when I do my Reiki in person, my hands on? Yeah. I tend to be hands on. I always ask though. I always ask what people want. Um, and if I've only really had less than a handful of times in the years I've been practicing Reiki where someone's asked me to do hands off. Um, so yeah. I'm like, can I be across the room? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know what that's about. I should look into that. Um, I should look into that. <laughs> I'm sure we know a person for that, right? We got someone there. God, our like our little Rolodexes are full of like, oh, well, I have a shaman friend over here, and I've got my Reiki healer, my acupuncturist, but a plumber? No, I don't have one of those. <laughs> I don't know any of those. <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> we got a guy for that but most people don't know they need that guy <laughs> oh that's so funny you and I was peeping around your website too you have some interesting stuff on there um like I don't even want to try to pronounce this is it is it gua gua sha gua, gua? yeah so what is a- that it's a form of body work um, that we do within Chinese medicine. And it's, um, do I have my tool here? I could show you since you're on camera, but it's basically any flat um, tool. Traditionally, um, a soup spoon would be used mm-hmm. like a, like a Chinese soup spoon that you would normally get out of like a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what we learn with in school. That's oh. just the traditional tool. Um, but there's all sorts of tools. Like I have a jade tool and I have a stone tool. Like, and as long as they have a flat edge, um, you can use it, but it's a scraping technique. Um, and what it does is it breaks up congestion in the tissue. So when things get, um, 
tight, when things aren't, the energy is not flowing properly through an area, we can end up with congestion in the muscle. And that can lead to basically like a buildup of stale blood, essentially, right? And, um, or stagnant blood. And so it's not really circulating with the rest of the blood in the area it's not it's not being released from the tissue it's kind of stuck there so we end up with these like tight um shoulders or like tightness in our uh, along our spine or it can be in our hips or our legs arms wherever it might be um but it's just not moving and that can inhibit the flow of energy like we were talking about mm-hmm. earlier too and so this helps to break up that congestion it brings that st- that stagnant blood to the surface Um, so it does produce some discoloration or speckling, um, on the skin, but it usually dissolves within a few days. Like it just disappears, um, and clears away, but it, um, allows new fresh blood to flow into the tissue and recirculate into the area and allow the tissue to soften. So usually, um, if somebody's really congested, they'll have a lot of color that comes up in that first, um, gua sha treatment. And then as we kind of continue to address those areas, um, they'll have less and less color that comes up and the area will be softer, will have more range of motion, things like that. So I use it a lot on the neck and shoulder area for patients, down the spine. Um, That's the typical um, or most commonly used er where I use it the most. Um, Also for shoulder, so somebody that might have like a frozen shoulder or just be, have a lack of range of motion, um, I'll do it like around the shoulder blade and the front of the shoulder, maybe the pec area, um, and help to bring back and mobilize the shoulder again and things like that. So it's it's really beneficial uh, for, for many people. And just gets tied into as part of, the package of yeah. your, your session. So, it, yeah. What is the youngest person you've ever done these kind of services on? Uh, one or two months old. Oh, little nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> Just wondering. I love my pediatric patients. Um, they're my favorite to work with because they don't have any sort of they don't have that mental block yep. that yeah. adults have. <laughs> yeah, 100%. That helps. That helps with energy work. <laughs> they have no expectations. They just know that I am helping them. Yeah. And similar to like animals, like they just have that sense and that knowing. And it's really beautiful to work with kids. And so, yeah, I've, the youngest I've worked with is like a month or two old. Um, and I see a fair amount of pediatric patients. And that's really cool. The toddlers are, are probably the most fun um, because they, they one, they understand me and they can communicate, but they also, um, they're still in touch with that like self-knowing of their body and Mm -hmm. they'll often like I make it really playful and I have all of these different pediatric tools they're all non-insertive by the way um for kids and so I have like a fish-shaped tool and like other little like roller tools and things like that and what's really neat is after their first or second session like they start telling me like where they want the tools and so And it like makes perfect sense. Like it always is like, yep, I would have done that too. Like, like they just know where they need the healing. And I I have these little press balls that I use with, um, they're like little tiny um, round uh, press balls that are also magnets. um, And I usually will do that as like a take home and they'll get one usually like somewhere on their abdomen or on their back. And I'll ask them, I call them their their special sticker. um, And I'll ask them and they'll tell me, like they'll point, I'm like, where do you want your special sticker today? And they'll point to a particular area and it always like lines up perfectly with what their stuff is. That's incredible. Um, yeah, it's it's really, really cool to watch and, and see. And I really, I think it's important to expose kids to this form of medicine because they know or they can learn at an early age that they have options and that their body is able to heal without all of these, you know, crazy side effects from prescriptions and things like that. It can just be 
avoided for the most part. Obviously, medicine has its place, but, um, you know, there's a vast majority of things can be addressed, you know, preventatively through these holistic uh, modalities. So, yeah, it's really, it's all about educating and, and shifting the narrative of, of medicine and, and showing people that there's a there's an, another way to go about it. Um, and doing it with the kids is like the easiest way because then they can just grow up with it, right? It's harder to change <laughs> adult minds and have them shift their mindset of like, okay, I don't want to wait till the last resort for this. Yeah. I want this to be the first course. And then if this doesn't work, okay, fine. Then we'll check out and go down the line of the other services. But yeah. Old dogs and new tricks, right? We don't like them. <laughs> oh I was God. just thinking, Catherine, both you and I were like, oh, we don't like people touching us and we don't want to touch anybody else. But I'm like, well, if we did this as children, we wouldn't feel that way. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably right. <laughs> I feel like I'm having a, a moment for the for the people who listen regularly, who have heard me mention my mother a thousand times. I'm like, oh, my God, yes, I can remember her being like, She's going to, like, I feel like I shouldn't even say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. And she was like, okay, thank you for the hug. Now please get off of me. And I hear myself saying the same thing. <laughs> and I don't see anything. Like, it's fine. Like, stop touching me. But maybe that would be different if we were more exposed to that sort of thing. It's so funny. Um, And we're huggers, too, so that's extra funny. But, you know, I have to say, Jessica, it's really interesting that, each time I have had a thought about asking you a question next, you have spoke you have spoken to it. Yeah. So when I was looking up the eight branches of Chinese medicine, you were like, and I know someone's gonna ask, I'm like, well, that was me in one second. And then <laughs> also me writing it down. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. You just take go ahead, Jessica. We we're we're just here for the show. Yeah, and then when you were talking about the kids and you're like, and they're not insertion, I was like, I was just picturing needles poking out all over a two year old and thinking, that can't be <laughs> and you speak it. Yeah, no. I usually love the average age that we start to transition to needles, if the child chooses, at least the way I I have chosen to go about it, um, is around seven years old. Yeah. Um, if they're, you know, once they're able to kind of lay still long enough. And even then the treatments are relatively short, uh, for, for younger kids. Um, but certainly I've had even high school kids who are like, I'm not comfortable with needles. And I'm like, Hey, not a problem. I've, I can work with non-insertive and I even have adults who do a combination of, yeah, puncture and non-insertive because they're just too sensitive um in certain areas and so i'm pretty accommodating in that sense um because it it still works in either either case um so it's just i leave it up to them how they want to kind of set up their treatment it's their body so and there's so many options it's so crazy it's so cool oh my god i feel like i learned so much tonight I know. I'm right there with you. <laughs> You've left Jenna and I quieter than ever, just taking it all in. That's an accomplishment. I'm over here thinking, like, how far is the drive? Um, can I <laughs> go to New Hampshire? Well, where where can people find you online? When do you think that you're like? When are your cards anticipated to be coming out? Anticipated, projected, whatever words I'm trying to blah blah through here. Um, yeah, where are you on social media? All the things. Where can we find you? Yeah. Well, my my business site you can find me at bravoholistichealing.com. Okay. Um, the deck. Well, is if I forgot to mention earlier, the name of the series is Wellness Within, and then this is the Anxiety and Stress Edition for the first deck. Um, it's actually available for pre-order already, uh, so you can get your deck today. Um, <laughs> Jenna and I click over as soon as we're off. Right. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Awesome, thank you. Um, it's it, you can go to Wellness Within Decks with an S at the end dot com. Um, and that'll bring you, it'll just link you back over. I have it as an Indiegogo campaign right now for the pre-orders. Um, so that'll just revert you back to that site. It's just easier than all of the jumbled letters that they give you. (laughs) We'll definitely link it anyway in in the show notes for sure. Awesome. Are you on Instagram or Facebook? 
Yes, I was just going to say, I'm I'm on both Facebook and Instagram through as Bravo Holistic Healing. Um, That's the handle for both. Um, I'm also on TikTok for those that want to find me there. Um, And my TikTok is Jessica Bravo 23. Um, Actually, I just changed that. Actually, it's Jessica Bravo LAC. Um, sorry. <laughs> I'm like, okay. wait, that doesn't sound right. Um, but if you search my name, you'll find me. Awesome. Um, and yeah, that's that's me. That's where I'm at. And I'm I would love to connect with anybody that, you know, wants to learn more or wants any services. Um, yeah, I'm all about helping people unlock their healing potential. It's it's just my purpose i'm here to do it (laughs) it's super exciting well i definitely know i will be booking a reiki session soon and grabbing that duck i'm so i don't know why i had to say it like that Um, (laughs) i liked it though (laughs) (laughs) isn't it i have to say though oh see that was goodbye number one so here's goodbye number two we always do this right um it's when you see that with with children and with your with your clients your patients it's almost like it's so empowering as a healer to see the healing that you can lead people to and watch the transformation. And at the same time, isn't it so humbling to see how we are simply leading them to it and they are taking care of the rest? It's it's to see your body handle that. It's so incredible. All I'm doing is helping people basically reawaken that healing potential Right. And it's only going to go as far as you're going to let it go. Mm-hmm. What the work that I do. Um, so if you're if you're not willing to make any changes, then I'm only going to get so far. But if you're ready to, like, let that door swing open, then you've you can go as far as you want um, and really create some big changes and lasting changes in your health. And it's it's a beautiful thing when people do embrace that. So, yeah. 100%. Well, thank you so much for coming on Project Healing. It was a pleasure interviewing you. We learned so much. Oh, my God, so much. All right. Thank you. And for those of you listening, go check out our patron tiers. I We went over them last time in depth, and they are posted on our social medias. So I will blast you with more nasally voice at this point. But... You guys go check it out. We do have spaces open for all of them right now. And thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.